Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Unofficial Soundtrack Podcast. I'm Austin. I'm Zach. Stez. Well, uh, it's been a little while since we last recorded. Uh, Zach, welcome back. <coughs> Thanks. The world has changed <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy few months, uh, and it's especially it's been a really crazy month, right? Yeah, we haven't recorded in about a month. God damn, shit has gone down. <laughs> True COVID's colors have been shown. Yeah. <laughs> Continue to be revealed yeah seriously covid's happening covid's not happening in some people's minds people are being super racist mm-hmm. it's just a mm. shit show it's a beautiful time to be alive <laughs> especially if you like horror movies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man well uh since we haven't uploaded this podcast yes nobody have listened to the last episode but uh the end of uh episode three stefan uh stez picked uh, a movie that we all should watch and Zach was able to pick an album that he thought fit it really well. So over to Stez about what his pick was last week. So I picked The Black Coat's Daughter by Oz Perkins. Um, so that mo- it, it's a horror movie made in, was it 2015, 2016? I 2015. 2015, right? Because I think it was the same year as the yep. album, that even, which I yep. liked. Um, so it's about two girls who are stuck in the uh, boarding school over holidays. They have to fight this like evil force, and then one of them seemingly gets seduced by it. You get some great, you get some great scares, some great twists, and then an ending that's just like incredibly satisfying. And then you, re- it really makes you think about just. It makes you want to rewatch the movie, and just makes you think about it, which I really appreciate. So, what did you guys think? So it's a, uh, it's a pretty divisive. In in the horror fan yes in the horror genre fandom it is it not a traditional like modern horror movie got it interesting it's I a lot more yeah I don't know anything about the response to this movie it's it was except a, for my own the same responses to which because it's very tonally the same See? yeah and then the same response because people go in there expecting jump scares and yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. Over the top, but this is more subdued. See, see, that's what I thought was really interesting because that's kind of how you pitched it to me. It's like, oh, the same guy that made The Witch. It's or not same tone, same, same tone. Sorry, uh, same tone as The Witch. You know, yada yada yada. And it seemed like it had the same responses from just people. I didn't really. I mean, The Witch was good, but I it wasn't really like my mm-hmm. type of movie. I mean, it was interesting. I, I enjoyed it. I thought the filmmaking is really well done. Not my type of movie. Blacko's daughter, I really liked. Yeah, which yeah. which I was surprised about because really you didn't shocked. you didn't like the witch. So I was like, I don't know if you're gonna like this one, but I was surprised. Yeah, but it does have. I guess we can kind of get into it a little bit. Uh, spoilers, but it does have a twist that kind of brings you in, which is kind of missing from the witch because it's just it's a very drawn out story. Mm-hmm. story. Yeah, and it's yeah. very linear. The witch definitely fits its time period. Exactly. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. also the 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 old English also it was, it was hard for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, what, what did you think, Zach? I really liked it. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the slow burn horror mm-hmm. movies, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is rare of, nowadays. Sorry. Yeah, and it's, you know, there's a reason that The Shining is one of my favorite right. horror movies. And really, there's only a few jump scares in The Shining. And it's like when Scatman Crothers dies. Mm-hmm. And it's at the very end of the movie. Yeah, right. This movie doesn't even have any jump scares, really. The closest thing is where... Cat kills Rose, yeah. which is actually really similar to 
Jack oh, killing Scat yeah. Man Crothers in The Shining. That's one of the things the I gut, noticed right? about this movie. Yeah. yeah, just right in the gut. I will say her, the killing of the parents in the car. That's yeah. kind of like it's just okay. like oh yeah. shit, like it's just kinda, disturbing. It's not necessarily well. It is disturbing. I kind of expected. I knew she was going. Once oh yeah. You figured out the twist. You're like, oh, they did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like Emma Stone's react as she's like doing it. Emma uh, uh, Roberts, yeah. excuse me. Uh, yeah. It's just like and it was just yeah. It's just disturbing. I think a lot of it was. I think that's what it, it's not scary, but it's disturbing. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. true. What, what other similarities? To The Shining, because I, I, you were getting at that, yeah. and I think yeah. I remember That's, reading some stuff. A lot of the cinematography reminded me of The Shining, in and the, just Kubrick in general. The boardroom in the beginning, especially. Yeah. I, I immediately that thought of shot, Kubrick immediately. Yeah, same here. When you see Which Rose one? for the first time, mm-hmm. um, when, he said, when, she, when she walks out of the hallway and she comes into the room and there's all the girls that are just kind of like forlorn looking with their heads down, yeah. and it's a slow shot. And you see her sit down and she gets her school picture taken. Ah, uh, yes, right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's a headshot. There mm-hmm. the head motif is very strong in this movie. Yes, yes. For yeah. sure. The um what I read was the the all the ladies, the way they dressed were all similar. The color tones are different, but it was huh. the same attire as what uh what's his name? The, the what's the mom in Shining? Shelly Duvall? Yeah, Shelly Duvall's character, what she wore. So there's, okay. there's like side-by-side yeah. pictures, and it's like the same exact attire, just different color. Mm-hmm. All, I can, all I can think of is olive oil and her in that red dress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all I can think that of right true. now. Sorry. I'm like, but that's cool. That's really cool. I, I know he's Oz person is a huge Kubrick fan. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, and there's a lot of slow dissolves, too, which between I love. scenes. It's super, yeah. That's why I love this type of horror because it's very much reminiscent of like 70s and 60s horrors where it takes its time it, 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 it's very slow burning which is modern horror is just a lot more quicker yeah. pace yeah it's more like hitchcock rather than which, like yes. nightmare on mm-hmm. elm street or something more igmar bergman's like seven seal and stuff less yeah. like i don't know who was who's a big 70s like uh george romero george, yeah yeah a lot more like that's a more pul- pulpy right yeah yeah yeah, this one there there wasn't like campiness or humor at all in this. Movie. That's why yeah. I loved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which There's, is why I'm dreaded. shocked that I liked it. Yeah, because <laughs> slow burn movies are usually not my thing, but I was gripped the entire time, and that's what I think really impressed me about the film. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Lighthouse. Like typically, those types of movies, I don't enjoy, just because it takes so much time and energy. Mm-hmm. But if it's done well. It just sucks you in, and I think just like Lighthouse, that I I just couldn't take my eyes off the screen the whole time. Like, to it me, was really well done. The most impressive about those movies are that the small scenes are what stick with you. Like for me, my favorite scene is like the mom talking to Joan or you know whatever her name mm-hmm. was in the car. In the car, and it's just that conversation that they have is just like fuck. And I don't know. It's just like yeah. And at the end, she says like, "In matter of fact, I can't even see you." Yeah, that line that was such a good fucking line. Yeah, it just it was a great. No, uh, it's just small moments like that. I'd like I've really loved. And then. Just the fucking ending where she's just walking back and crying, mm-hmm. and it's just that slow shot. Uh, it's just I liked. Uh, it gives me chills. I like the scene in the house before she kills the two, like the madams or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Caretaker ladies. Ca- yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that whole like interaction, and then she's like, because she's like starting to get evil, mm-hmm. and she and then, pukes on their table, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. She stands up, right? She, and call, like, she calls one of them a cunt at some yep. point, right? Yeah, 
That's like one of the I only instances of like really strong language in this mm-hmm. movie too. Which is shocking. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Because there really was never anything foul or mm-hmm. really nothing bad up to that point. And then it's just cunt. And you're like, yeah. oh, oh, interesting. It really just makes it more effective, really. Yeah, yeah, just like, yeah, exactly. It really gets you. You're like, oh, shit, they really haven't cursed at all. Like, And then they go with one of the big ones. And most people tend to not like. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so question for you, Stas. Why did you pick this movie? Because I knew it would be kind of too hard <laughs> to pick yeah. one, honestly. It, I, like, it was... It was a bit of a challenge. And also because I knew it was a movie you guys haven't seen. I know a lot of people haven't seen. So I'm just like, I, it's, I wanted to share that movie because it's just, it's such a good fucking movie. Yeah, and I really liked part. it. And I think we talked about one of the podcasts earlier about how you were saying how metal now is kind of getting reminiscent of older, kind of older stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I picked this movie because like I said earlier, this is more reminiscence of like an or Hitchcockian or like 60s horror movie. Yeah. So, like, it's definitely more of, like, that's why I picked it, because I was like, maybe he can find something similar to that aspect. Yeah. I do want to talk more about this movie, though, because I want to get y'all's take a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what did you guys think about, so one of the controversies, so, like, you were saying, you didn't really see the uh, the reception from other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of the first thing I always do when I see something or listen to something. I'm, it just makes me curious. It doesn't really ever sway my opinion, but it, I am just naturally curious like what the general consensus is around something, especially when it's something artistic because it's such a subjective uh, uh, it's such a subjective art form um, that uh, you know it's just fascinating to see what people think. So immediately the place i always go to first when i want people's opinions reddit (laughs) sure Mm. so i just typed in black coat's daughter and i think within the first 10 posts i think nine of them are like i know this is an unpopular opinion but i fucking hated that movie or it's the opposite like this is the best movie this is probably the best horror movie of all time and like it's just complete drastic just like Mm. much of today's society completely you know separate spectrums and there's no in between which is really funny because the movie itself is really understated Mm -hmm. and it's 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 interesting that it would kind of bring out that (laughs) level of like divisiveness with people i think that's it's because it's understated yeah like it's just kind of that's it's so different from like what the fuck is this yeah and not to sound pretentious but like it kind of just goes over people's you know what i mean because they expect something to be way more just like oh this is the plot this is what this is happening but the movie kind of just wait. This movie assumes you're smart. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's all. It treats you with respect and assumes that you're not an idiot. Yeah, and it just kind of yeah, yeah. lets you just figure it out yourself, which I appreciate. Which it doesn't. It's not for everybody though. True. Which Good point. So okay. So two of the things that I that caught my eye when I was reading criticisms are pe- about people that didn't like the movie because it seems like we all liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Um, so just to for for discussion's sake, that the two things that came up. Uh, one is a little bit smaller, and that was, um, oh, it's such a it's such a boring boring story, uh, and then half of the plot doesn't even make sense, or or it just doesn't really need to even be there. So one of the example was Rose being pregnant, like that whole thing. Mm, like, sure. So they were saying like, what was the point of all that? Was it just to make her feel? No, it's for just us a, to feel bad well, when she died. I guess. I think it's maybe to make us sympathize with Cat in a way. Because the whole thing with Cat oh. is she says 
she gives Rose a chance to be nice to her, True. but she's not, Rose ends up not really like doing what she was told to do, which is looking after Kat mm-hmm. and maybe showing us that Rose is impure and willing to let a child go. That's like a, a knock on her character or something, at least in like the Catholic eyes. For sure. No, no, no. Oh, definitely the Catholic eyes. That's interesting. No, no, I think that's a really good point. I think it is just to make her see, yeah, that viewpoint of Rose. Really, mm-hmm. It gives her that aspect. But I think you're, you're totally right also. It's just when you when that death happens, it's a little bit more gut-wrenching when you realize like she's pregnant. You know, yeah, like sure. it makes it way it makes it way more like that's again true. effective. And she she gets stabbed in the tummy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So And it's and it's cat the one that stabs her, which yeah. it also goes back to that whole thing you were talking about. And then it's also like kind of devil like sacrificing an like an unborn baby as well, you know? That that just mm-hmm. that's pretty demonic yeah. as well. So I think uh, it adds to it. That's a good point. Um okay. Oh, sorry. go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say um it Maybe they're trying to show how indifferent Rose is to everything by just showing her response to learning that she's pregnant. Because it wasn't something where she ah, was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? It's just like she's talking to her friend, smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. being like, yeah, so this happened. Is it oh, point? does he know? No. That's kind of fascinating. Think about it. Now that I'm thinking about the movie, she's pretty monotone from the beginning yeah. mm-hmm. until... Her interaction with Cat in the house with the ladies, really, right? Isn't right. That it? Yeah, that's I'm, probably the only time you see her really like come alive. Yeah, other than when she gets her picture taken. Yeah, and, and it's then so fake. Immediately, she just frowns and is oh, fascinating. Feels so fake, just like you said. Yeah. So uh, okay, so the other thing of contention is the more obvious one. Um, it's the. Why is it two different actresses that don't even look that similar? What a lazy twist. So that was the other argument, which I could, I get. I get what they're saying. I hear it. Um, it to me, it wasn't that distracting. Like I thought yeah. it was believable enough. I think I they, it was kind of uh, cool, honestly. Yeah, that's how at I like first it. it went over my head a little bit, but then when I thought about it and saw it the second time, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's what's going on. Cool. So I had that twist kind of ruined for me just because I've always thought those two looked similar. <laughs> so like, and then in the movie, I was like, oh, they're the same person. And then it ended up happening. I was like, God fucking damn it. Well, so, I, so I, think, I always thought they could play good sisters. I never yeah, thought they yeah, looked yeah, yeah, alike, yeah. but I always thought they could get good sisters, but close they, enough. I mean, I could see, I, I could see maybe the other reason why people were distracted by it is now that both actresses are also very famous. True. You know, so True. if you saw the movie in 2015, you know, yeah, Emma Roberts was pretty popular, but only if you, you know, you were watching American Horror Story and, and a very select few things. Because mm-hmm. she wasn't, she's not like, I don't know, is she, is she an A-list celebrity? I don't, no, no, I don't no, really I, know. I've is. never seen any of these actresses yeah, before. so that's probably why, right? And then the other thing is, the, and then the other girl was, is Sabrina. Sheenernin Shripka. Sheenernin Shripka. Sheenernin Shripka. Some Irish name, super Irish name. Um, from the Mad Men originally. Oh, then really? she's on. She's Sabrina. Wait, is is that an Irish name? Shipka or Kiernan is Kiernan is yeah. right. Yeah. I don't, uh, anyways, so uh, so like if Mary watched it, she's she loves American Horror Story, so she knows Emma Roberts really well, and she really likes the Sabrina show, so she knows Kiernan Shipley or Shipka or whatever. Mary's really your well. wife. So yeah, Mary's my wife. So I feel like for her and people like her, I could see how it would be a little bit more distracting because you're like, clearly 
They do, yeah, uh-huh. separate people. Yeah, but for like us who are not as familiar, or if you watched it in 2015 when there maybe they weren't as popular or they weren't in as many things, maybe maybe that's why it wasn't as distracting for people like us. Yeah, that's I, kind of my assumption. Like I said, this was the first movie I'd seen any of these actresses in. Um, is because I just don't know that much about <laughs> modern cinema outside of horror movies. I mean, granted, both of them are very big TV actresses. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, they're, they're not big movie why. actors. Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't know what Kieran Shipka in movie wise has been in other than this. This is the first one I was like, oh, she's in a movie. Yeah, yeah. TV, they're TV stars. For yeah, sure. gotcha. And, and TV... at the same time, like this is a low budget horror movie. Like yeah. they they're working within their means and they casted really well for the three main actresses. Sure. I think. Yeah, definitely. And they all did such a good job. Yeah. Like it, it was, uh, I was skeptical about Emma, Emma Roberts just cause like she can be hit and miss, yeah. especially when it comes to ser- like her bitchy kind of like tongue in cheek yeah, roles. She can do, good. she can always do great, yeah. but cause it's, she's not really acting, but, yeah. <laughs> but her, like when she plays here, I was just taken aback by this. I was like, you took it seriously. And like, you actually, no, you're well casted. What did you think about her first few scenes with the dad? What did you guys think about with that? Rose's dad? Yeah. I thought he was going to rape her at first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. They, a there's a lot of vibe, right? Well, it's interesting because with every like religious father in this movie, you get that the, sense. Yeah, like the is, very first scene when you see Cat talking to yeah. the head priest, basically. I mean, that's how the angles is also kind of like. Yeah, the angles are very interesting, and you don't see the priest again until he exercises her. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. That was an awesome scene. Um, but with him, it it felt like there was a lot of things that were not said, but it mm-hmm. was maybe understood that there was either s- possible abuse or potential abuse. Yeah. And then when you see Mr. Gordon, the schoolmaster, and his little catchphrases sound good. <laughs> and all the girls are just like, sounds good. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when he's talking to both Rose and Kat, it, there's some weird sexual tension there. Yep. And yeah. I, I was kind of thinking when, as especially when I saw the movie the, the second time, what is Mr. Gordon's role in all of this? Like, mm-hmm. was he the first one to be possessed by this demon? And in turn, did yeah. he like rape like like the the scene in which rose is talking about oh did you did you know the sisters are actually bald they have no Mm -hmm. hair like was is that because mr gordon like had some role in like basically molesting these women and making them his servants or something i don't know but yeah mr gordon's role is really interesting in this movie and just every every father role is very strange for sure for sure that that's a good point to bring up i think every every one of them had a very weird vibe and then it's an interesting point that you bring up about the headmaster because he was very pivotal in the entire plot like there he was at every Mm -hmm. uh big moment Mm -hmm. right and it's and it's kind of strange that there wasn't uh an obvious connection to all of it yeah but he's there for all the pivotal yeah. moments you could right? take it there's a couple ways because i've read a couple theories about it and like it's he's either he's the devil right and he's pulling the strings about everything or what i like is my interpretation of it was just that he is just a representation of human how like the evil of humanity 
mm-hmm. and how we tend to just ignore it, right? Uh, and, right? It's just, and but like we tend to focus on like the true horrors, you know, we, we trying to ignore, or we tend not to focus on the true horrors and more about the fantastical, you know, yeah. more demons possessing people versus the headmaster yeah. who might be molesting the entire fucking school and staff, oh, maybe, you know, like yeah. interesting. So there's also there's there's layers to it, which is why I love the movie. Yeah. Because it's understated, it's just there's a lot to read into. Yeah. It. I love One little tidbit that I got the second time viewing it was the scene where Rose is in the bathroom and she hears Cat through the radiator. The first thing you hear Cat say is "Sounds good." Really? And I was wow. Like, oh shit. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a creepy. Because I was yeah. I was looking that's at awesome. on on Netflix, they had the subtitles on, it and it just said like muffled incoherent speech and then when you listen she says sounds good and um that's dark yeah awesome so so that's what kind of made me think like okay is gordon is he satan or does he have some role with this demon or is he passing it on he's he got that he 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 has that piece of shit vibe (laughs) definitely (laughs) and then whether it's like stefan said whether it's a just i turn a blind eye to most things because it's not it's just inconvenient to me piece of shit or you know purposefully just nasty and evil and mm-hmm. right um okay let's take a quick break i need a new beer me too uh, let's so let's all get another beer and then uh we're gonna talk about what that sounds right. good oh, no. <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs> And we're back. And we're back. So uh, all freshened up and uh, empty bladders, full beers. Great combination. Uh, all right. So Zach picked an album as I the did. unofficial soundtrack to Black Coat's Daughter. And what did you pick, my friend? Okay. Real quick. Before we go into this, I just have one thing. Like one more thing I want to talk about from the movie. Oh, okay. Because... Oh, okay. Uh, it was something I thought about a lot when I rewatched it. Do you think that, um, oh, what's her name? Kat's older self. I forget. Joan. Joan. Do you think Joan was possessed by the same demon? Or no. Or was she acting on her own accord? No. Yeah, at the end. Oh, no. so my theory. Oh, go ahead. Sam. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no. So, so my theory, and I think Stez and I, I think shared it, because when I watched the movie, I was like, dude, fuck, I got to talk about it. Um I think what I, the way I took it, which is why I really liked the movie, was she was totally acting the entire time. Joan was Joan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Roberts' character was completely acting on her own accord. Is the yeah. way I took it. Like she probably just got released from her like from jail or whatever. I think it she was, escaped or prison or whatever, or she escaped or something, right? And she killed Joan. And she's mm. oh, that's right. Oh, and she killed Joan. That's right yeah. to get her license. Mm-hmm. Right. So the way I took it was. She was doing whatever she can to get the demon back. Yeah, that's what I was because interpreting I, as well. She was so sad mm-hmm. when she got yeah. exercised, and it was. And at the beginning she, of the it was movie, her only friend. She, she loses her parents, so mm-hmm. this demon coming in into her is like her only sense of family you, or uh, comfort or anything. Comfort. And when she loses that, she has no real reason to go on. I mean, the first time you see the demon, right, is when she's getting exercised. She's crying. 
And she's like, I don't want you to go. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, and that's that's powerful. Don't leave. And right? you see this terrifying fucking thing in front of you, which is. Oh, I love it too. Yeah. Like, like you see it. The first time you see it is when she's in Rose's room. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Oh, no, shit. Yeah. That's awesome. Really? Yeah. Which is interesting because it begs the question was Rose ever exercised by this demon? I don't think right, so. Right. Uh, yeah. But at least um, that question up there. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. And really at the same time, was cats exercised at this point either? Because mm-hmm. right. um, at that point, I think that was right after she answered the phone call that had the static right. where she talks to this demon. But So the other theory that just reminded me, and I know we got to get to the album at some point, but uh, the thing that it reminds me of was some people theorize that there was something to do with either the school staff or the demon or maybe both that had to do with Kat's parents' death. Right. Yeah. Because it was, it yeah. seemed like people kind of just expected them to die. Right. I mean, they had this very, this connotation of like, yeah, they're probably dead. Yeah. It's kind of weird. My theory was that the, the father at the very beginning, the head priest, because when Kat asks him like, how long is your train ride? Two hours. She kind of like snickers at that. I wondered if that was kind of her realizing that the train that the priest was on like collided with her parents' car or something. Hmm. And maybe that's what made her like lose faith and be more accepting of this demon. But, Interesting. But yeah, it could be something else where hmm. they knew all along that her parents were going to die or something. Yeah. Great movie, man. Great yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. All right, so that. what did you pick, my friend? Okay, so I picked an album from the same year, 2015, not intentionally, but it is The Deal by Sumak, which Sumac. is, yeah, they're a trio. They're kind of a super group of sorts. Okay. Hmm. It features Aaron Turner, who's one of my heroes, and the metal panopticon guitarist bassist drummer. guitarist and vocalist mm. okay. so he was in a band called isis before he would he started sumac have you ever heard isis either of you guys I, I think we yeah. talked about this before i blacked out last I, week i know that <laughs> <laughs> this sounds this sounds kind of familiar yeah to give a little backstory Stefan and i <laughs> drank a bunch of mezcal that i brought back from austin and uh I remember it, but Stez does not. Yeah, that was, I think it was the first time I've ever blacked out. Really? Yeah, like that oh, hard man. at least. Like, that I'm makes me feel like out, but like kind no. of proud, but also kind of ashamed of myself. <laughs> the, the water, the water filling story was the best. You were like <laughs> two handed trying to pour the water. Pitcher. I have a yeah, vague collection of like just sw- swimming. You like, poured swimming. more water around your water bottle than into it the first time. That's quite amazing. But, uh, but anyway, Isis is a very influential band in the metal world especially late 90s early 2000s mostly Mm. just throughout the 2000s decade they were honestly one of the biggest bands to come out of that decade heavily influenced by neurosis Mm -hmm. who is one of my favorite bands and definitely one of the most important metal bands i think Mm. to come out of any time um but isis was what a lot of people call post metal so it blends the very drawn out moodiness that you get from post rock bands like Explosions in the Sky and Godspeedy Black Emperor and mixes them with just brutal heaviness and um, very diverse as well. Aaron Turner was also in several other bands. He started his own label called Hydra Head that 
has a very long roster of bands in it, but the the kind of cloth that binds all of them is that they're just fucking weird bands. Like they all operate with with like a different sonic palette than a lot of bands do. Hmm. And that's what he kind of looks each for. other. And from each other. Yeah. Like he has grindcore bands on there. He has like electronic bands on there. He has post rock bands. So it runs the gamut. Um, I think he kind of comes from more of a like post hardcore background, uh, like bands like At the Drive In or Post Hardcore. Uh, Botch is another one of those bands. And actually, Brian Cook, who plays bass in Sumac, was also in Botch. He was in Russian Circles as well, which is a big post-metal band. They're all instrumental. Another band I would recommend if you're looking for more Sumac-type bands. And Nick Yakishin. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Canadian. He's a Canadian dude. Um, but he's the bass player. And so The Deal was Sumac's first album. Okay. came out in 2015. I came very, very close to picking Sumac's most recent album, Love and Shadow. And in fact, within the first 20 minutes of watching this movie, the first track on that album just went into my head and was on repeat throughout the entire movie. Their last album. Their last album, Love and Shadow. The first track on that album was just playing throughout this whole movie for me. Um, So choosing this band to represent... Blacko's daughter was kind of like uh, my knee-jerk instinct, I guess. But I didn't. I, I chose not to go with their most recent album because it's very avant-garde, very off the wall, and I wanted something a little more understated for uh, to complement the Black Coat's daughter. So I I gotta know what what do you guys think of, of this album? Yes, you want no, to no, 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 go first? You go first. Man. So it. Took me a couple of listens to. No, I mean, I like the album first off, just straight off the bat. But the reason, like it being the unofficial soundtrack, the first time I listened to it, I think you told me for you're like, I don't know. So I went in there in the same mindset, and I was just like, yeah, kind of. I felt the same way. Yeah, but I think th- you texted me, or you texted us what you picked. Yeah, Stez hasn't listened to it yet. I listened to it, and he was like, Oh, did you listen to it? Yeah. I don't really know what Zach's thinking here. <laughs> so sorry. I probably no, set it's him okay. up for in a weird way. But go, go no, ahead. no, no. Because honestly, I, I, I would have felt the same way just from listening from it just on its own. Mm. But once I kind of, not necessarily synced it up, but just playing the movie in the background while I was just listening to it, mm. uh, the the pacing of it made sense. Oh, really? The one song stuck out for me. I was just like, oh, Hollow I really... King? Oh, that one, that one was really good too. But uh, what was it? No, oh, maybe it was Hollow King. It was either Hollow King or Thorn in the Lions, Paul, because yeah. they're both really long songs. Yeah. But it has this like uh, drums going kind of crazy with this droning effect oh, in the yeah. background. That part's sick. And to me, it yeah. felt like very like an audio, like um, they're representing like the internal struggle that she was dealing with, right? Okay. Her mental sanity of so, just, like, yes, yes. That is a great segue into what I was going to okay. go into next. I figured, sorry, really quick, when mm-hmm. I heard, because I think there's a couple parts in the album where there's a lot of the chaotic sound. Yeah. And I just figured that one of them coincided with the uh, the furnace scene. Yeah, the furnace with scene the where... Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. jerking around and shit. Sorry, so I just... It, I just yeah, thought. exactly. No, it, that scene's awesome, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so good. Okay, so before we go into this, I'll just give a brief rundown of the sound of this album. Okay. Um, 
Sumac is still kind of a post-metal band. They, they're they kind of in that like sludge scene as well that a lot of bands... It's, it's like a post-sludge thing. Yeah. That a lot of people okay. attached to like Mastodon and Baroness in the 2000s, wow. which was really weird to me. But um, so Sumac is just very dark. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of their lyrics are about internal struggle. Yeah. And trying to come to grips with the world around you. And their music can get really chaotic. And it's kind of a reflection of the lyrics that they choose Mm -hmm. to put onto the album as well. So the beginning and the end of the album, the first and the last track, are pretty ambient, moody, Mm -hmm. mostly guitar-driven like intro and outro. And man, when I first put on this album right after I watched Black Coat's Daughter and was thinking about Sumac as a whole, when that first intro came on, I, I knew that this was going to be the fucking album <laughs> for it. Because um, that first track, even though it's only like a three-minute intro, it totally encapsulates the mood, I think, of especially Black Especially in the Star beginning. For me. Yeah, especially yeah. in the beginning. I, I when, agree. when there's a lot of mystery and you don't really know what's going on, but you can feel the sense that there is something moving towards these women that are portrayed in this movie and as the album goes on after this intro you get um thorn in the lion's paw Mm -hmm. which is a pretty long song and it starts basically with uh i think it's a bass riff or just like a pretty simple guitar riff and they just build and build and build and eventually it gets into these very cacophonous climaxes that they extend and um, they go on to do this more and more within their career. But um, I chose this album specifically because every song for the most part has kind of a backbone to it that's laid down with a riff or with like even a drum beat that's going on while there's all this insanity Hmm. going on above it. Interesting. So I was kind of thinking about with this movie, a lot of the characters are pretty controlled. They, you don't really see, except for the furnace scene, you don't see them like losing control of their bodies right, right. or anything. Oh, that's a good But point. everything that's going, it's like the internal. horror, mm-hmm. is all in their minds. Yeah. And so above this backbone within Sumac's music, you've got Aaron Turner doing this crazy shit on guitar. And it's just really flowing and he kind of lets his instrument go to places that I think his mind wants to go. Hmm. And it's interesting. so thinking about like, does mind control body? Can body still function when mind is just going absolutely kaput? That's kind of what <clears throat> I was thinking about when approaching this album with this movie. Damn. Okay. So one thing that actually sold me was what I because I always look at the lyrics because I'm, I'm sure yeah, you lyrics? do too. Yeah. So okay. The last one or the one is not the last one. The deal. The deal. That's yeah. what like Fuck I was yeah. like that solidified me because the lyrics of that song I think I have it down here somewhere. Yeah, I was gonna read them to you, so please read them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like it, it's uh, have you looked at them? It is pretty much the movie. Especially about what we were yep. talking oh, about. Okay. I don't know. Should I read it? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, read it. From waking dawn, from first drawn breath, I was yours, ever a silent ward. That to which I clung, I was yours, in the quaking pools of your gaze. Shackled and drowned, thus christened, son, brother, king. 
for false warmth weak, for what blinding light pale bodies will we burn? When the mantle of our spirit is not our own, we have nothing, we are nothing. Begin rites of reclamation, flames engulf the initiate. Kneel, kneel before the raging blaze, offer the crumbling deed. It ascends as fiery ash, new stars in heavens reborn. And then, there is no deal, there can be no more deal. Fuck. That's And that's the ending of the movie right fucking yep. there. Hell and yeah, that's, that's the yeah. end of yeah. the now, lyrics yeah, in that album. the albums. I was just like, when I read that, I was just like, holy shit, this is why Zach picked it. And like, yeah. uh, it's, that was, yeah, I, I got it after that. Okay. So, fuck, man. <laughs> so... My initial reaction was, well, first off, the fucking album's amazing. Yes. Yes, Oh, uh, hell yeah. yeah. Dude, Glad you liked it. I really dig this album. I think I, I like this more than the, um, God damn it, now I'm blanking. Um, what was the last episode? Electric Wizard. Yeah, Electric Wizard. I think Dope this Throne. Was, yeah, I think this is a little bit more my, because there, there's a little bit of the sludge, but it's a, little, a lot more controlled. And yeah. I think that's probably why I jive with it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um so when I first listened to it, I was like, what the fuck is that thinking? What is going yeah. on? Because I don't remember the movie being that energetic, right? Because it it's starts not. off it starts off with the right tone. Like when the, the right. album first started, I was like, oh shit, okay. But then when he got into the other songs, I was like, I wasn't seeing it, right? Yeah. Um, but the album's great. It's just it the the one thing immediately that I got was tonally it worked because the beginning, the the somber moments, I was like, I'm all on board. There's a couple of moments where it gets really brash and super harsh, and I was mm-hmm. thinking, furnace scene, the slashing. The other thing I really appreciated is just the fact that every time I listen to that album, I feel kind of dirty. Like, mm-hmm. it, like I, I listen mm. to the album, and like I'll be driving to work. And I get to work, and I'm just like, God, I just feel fucking evil. It's, right yeah, now. it's it's very grimy, <laughs> yeah. and the vocals are so guttural mm-hmm. too. It just it feels like it that you're hearing like a pig die. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, That's a, a good a, way. A great yeah. way to put it because, like, it was one of those like because the last couple episodes, I'll try to listen to the album in lots of different venues. This one in particular, I could not because it puts me in a mood. It like, does. The moment I start mm. listening to the album. I start feeling like, shit, I, I'm feeling negative. I'm feeling dirty. I'm feeling evil. Like, it, the fact that the album can do that, I think, is phenomenal. That's, powerful music. That is super powerful. Uh, granted, hard for me to listen to it all the time because when I'm cranking out emails, you know, it's like, <laughs> hello, Mrs. Smith. You fucking so burning <laughs> hell. You know, like, I don't do that. Yeah, especially, I'm sure, working in the healthcare system <laughs> where you might have to break everybody, some bad news to people yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, and, and everybody tries to be super cheery, right? So yeah. it's one of those albums that I just couldn't listen to at work or even on the way to work. Sure. Um, but at night, um, like, while I'm, like, before I read or before I go to bed, it was it was super fun to listen to. So that was that. And I could see why tonally the, the feeling that I got, I was like, it fits. The rest of it, I wasn't really seeing it because I was like, okay, there's a lot of fast-paced stuff. It's louder than I was expecting because the movie's tone is so somber and understated. But when you started talking about all the internal Mm -hmm. struggles that you can see in the movie, but it's not obvious, that's when it clicked. Like literally five minutes ago when you were talking, I was like, oh, fuck. That's why he chose it. Because when you put that together... 
all that clashing, all that noise makes so much sense because every single scene, there's somebody racking their mind around. That's the something. thing. Yep. Because this the movie is so like it, it lingers right on the scenes, yeah. and then because it lingers, those chaotic scenes just it looks like it feels like their internal struggles. It's just like yes. like this is what's going on in their head. Yes. Like, and there's very little camera movement too. Oh God, it's uh, which, which I love the cinematography. Internalizes everything, right? Yeah. Like the phone ringing, and it's just the the camera zooming into the phone mm-hmm. but so initially i was like the you know the album that you would pick would probably be soft and, and eerie yeah but now it makes sense because now what's going through the character's mind right who's who's calling is it even real what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. yeah and then now that the album makes a lot more sense and i fucking dig the choice now granted cool. i'm gonna have to watch the movie probably one more time to really solidify it but you and you you don't you don't have to solidify it either. Course, yeah, that's and, very true. And um, I mean, even with me picking this album, I knew that there were some some clashes for mm-hmm. sure because this movie is very moody and understated, yeah. and the deal is a very brazen and upfront album. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I was thinking about choices for this movie. My first thought was to do something that had a lot of ambient influences yeah. to it. Um, but I wanted to get something that kind of supplemented the movie. Like it, yeah, something yes. that would yes. give you a good yang to the yin of the movie. Mm. And Which I think you definitely did. Yeah. Cool. Because like what we said, it brought out that internal struggle, right? It, it just like represented a part of the movie that was understated. Yeah. And then, but it's something that's not necessarily always done through music. So it, it right. was also kind of refreshing too to see and or to hear. Another reason I, I didn't choose uh, an album that's that was a little slower, a little quieter, is because I feel like it would have dragged the movie down a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there's a lot of rage in this movie. There is. Even though it's like below the surface and you kind of got to pay attention to it, it's there. And that exists for a lot of people who have been within Catholicism and just religion as a whole from a very young age. Any society or culture that, that encourages you to suppress stuff, I think that this movie kind of resonates because... You know what it's like to to be forced, kind of, whether it's through peer pressure or actual regulation. Like, you know what it feels like to have to push things down emotionally, right? And and maybe bury them, yeah, and mm. bury it, right? And maybe that's why some people didn't enjoy this movie. Maybe because they don't empathize with that. They don't. They don't. They don't relate to it because maybe they've never been in that situation. So to them, when they watch it, they just see all these like sad people moping around and they're right. like, why are they so sad? And they don't understand what's going on in their head, which goes back to, I think why the album choices is very interesting because if you don't watch that movie and, and have either somebody explain to you or you internalize it by watching it, all of the struggle and turmoil that the characters are dealing with within their own minds, it wouldn't make any sense what you picked, which I think yeah. is where I was at. So Really, that was a very bold choice, and I, I kind of I like it. No, but I like cool. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rewatch the movie, but uh, for sure, yeah, you don't you don't have to think it's the best choice. For too. sure, for sure, I, I I really think Mary's gonna dig this movie too for the same kind of reasons. I mean, she grew up in a Catholic environment. I think there's 
a lot of, I don't know. I just feel like I, I really like that you picked this movie for exactly what you said, and that's more people should watch this movie. It's a I'm, great. It's a great movie, I, even if you don't like it. Yeah, I think I'd, it, I'd never heard of it before. It, it just adds just a conversation that yeah. you, you know it's just something to talk about yeah i i dig it man that was a that was a really cool choice he also has a movie that came out recently gretel and hansel he just directed it he didn't write it this time so i heard it's not that good of a story but it's just like visually beautiful oh really but his it, next one he's writing is it and about directing. the, the folk mm-hmm. tale? Okay. which i think is a great way yeah. of uh getting around how because there's like 50,000 hansel and gretel Right, stories and yeah, movies, a huge tale. Yeah, so I mean, like every uh, kid Jesus. flipping it—it's pretty I don't genius know about nowadays. But wait, 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 wait! What they flipped it? Yeah, so it's Gretel and Hansel now. Yeah. So from a marketing standpoint, that's oh. genius. One, uh, it's okay. more feminine. So, like you get so, the female lead, but two, it's just like you don't get sorry. knocked down. No, no, that makes sense. When he said they flipped it, I was imagining two kids seducing an old witch. And oh, feeding <laughs> Oh my god. Like, that's, the that's witch the, is the victim. That's the reboot they'll have in 20 years. Yeah, when he said you flipped it, that's immediately where my brain went. And I was like, that's fucking weird. But I mean, I guess. <laughs> but I guess, so you meant the, the girl and the guy. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> I mean, they flip, what was it, the, the Jeremy Renner one where they're like witch hunters? I mean, uh, that's kind of a flip on that, right? That, that is true. Yeah, I guess they were to do that. That's right. Okay, um, we're at. 45 minutes. Perfect. So um, this was a great choice. I had a ton of fun watching it, listening to it. I'm sure you guys did. Yeah. This was a brilliant choice. So for the next episode, Zach, what do you got for us, man? Oh, man. Okay. So we cannot approach this podcast without getting into some fucking dark shit. Like some real heavy stuff. Last episode wasn't dark. I'm down. I'm talking like more over the top oh. i'm totally down so my pick is an album called obscura by gorguts gorguts is over the hell top. yeah gorguts is a canadian death metal band very technically proficient this album's from i think like 93 or so so it's around the time where death metal was at its peak popularity but this album really stood apart from its peers because it's fucking weird and challenging and i mean it's even like a chore for me to listen to this album all the way through interesting okay i'm excited because there's so much going on and it's so fucking dissonant all right and uh and I also just really want to see what, what you pick. pick for it. I don't even know what I'll pick from too. your description now. Like I, I, I just I, downloaded. I will listen to it tomorrow. Should we? Cool. No, never mind. I was gonna say maybe should we do like a preview at the end of like you play a little clip of one song and then like if Ooh. I choose a movie, I play like just the audio of like the trailer or something. Okay. I don't know what the legal ramifications are. That I mean, just like <laughs> ten seconds of it or something. Right, That's see. the legal this count the according first. to YouTube. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was the first song. That was the opening. That's the, That's opening. the opening. Fuck me. It, God damn yeah. it. This album fucking goes places. <laughs> I mean, I did give you a hard one, so it's fair that you throw one right back. All right. Well, I'm, um, I'm excited. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's a great choice. 
Um, just from the judging the tense, I think it's gonna be a chore, like you said, a chore to listen to. Yeah, it's a pretty long. Um, album yeah, too. I could okay. see that. I could see um, it being a chore. But hell yeah, man, let's let's dive in, man. Uh, I, I might not like this one. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Just yeah. add a spite, <laughs> or just you can give me a movie that you think I won't like in spite too. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I mean, just that first ten seconds, I'm, I was already like, I don't know if this is one's for me. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So like we always do, before we end, Stez, why don't you open the fan mail? Well, okay. We got one here. It's actually a check for $1,200 from uh, none other than our president of the United States. Oh. <laughs> so you can call oh, that our first sponsorship, boys. We oh, did it. Thank we, can wrap you. it up. we can wrap it up. Thank you, Daddy Fun. Trump, baby. We did it. We got paid for it, and we can finally end this, right? Fuck yeah. That's the whole point. <laughs> we can pay for one month's rent or a bunch of beer. <laughs> we did it. Wrap it up. This is it. Well, all right. Well, uh, great episode, gents. And uh, we're going to close out. Uh, cheers. Cheers. And, uh, cheers. And thanks for a, a great time. That was awesome. That was yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening, y'all.